Welcome to episode 57 of Gears and Beers, a show where three freedom-loving, gun-toting capitalist pigs talk about gear we love, gear we hate, gun industry news, and whatever else trips or triggers along the way. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the Masada Slim, Alan West running against Wayne LaPierre, and gun owners and inflation. On our panel tonight, as always, Mr. Andrew Johnson, along with Sam, the owner of Shyworks, Iowa's preferred Cerakote applicator. And we are also joined tonight by Ethan of Crossroads Shooting Sports, and I am your host, Box. This show is brought to you by Shyworks. Sam, what's been going on over at Shyworks? Oh, boy. Well, um, a lot of bush light stuff today. <laughs> uh, today was a bush light day, but uh, that's kind of what we do. We, t- we take, uh, take your firearm and you kind of give us your idea of what you want it to look like, your vision for it, and we make it a reality. So uh, we're Iowa's customer preferred Cerakote applicator, uh, specializing in camos and theme builds and battle warns and flags and whatever else you can think up. So um, just give us a shout at uh, shyworks.com. You can use coupon code actually LSLF10 over there for anything on the website. Get you 10% off everything. Um, magazines, Glock backplates, mag bases, patches, shirts, hats, all sorts of goodies over there. So that's coupon code LSLF10. You can also find us on our social medias, uh, Facebook, as well as over on the Twitters, I'm, I'm del- diving into that, seeing if that's going to turn into something. So you can check us out over there too. We are also brought to you by Ballistic Imagery, brand building photography. Check them out on Facebook and BallisticImagery.com. Ballistic Imagery, make an impact. And that's the introduction, folks. Uh, hello, Nick Bus. Um, as I said, we are joined here with, with Ethan. From Crossroads Shooting Sports. How are you doing today, Ethan? You guys been busy down there today? We sure have. A little slower in the summer for the range traffic, but always busy selling guns. That's always good. Oh yeah. Johnson, I think I think Johnson here has had a bit of a long day. Are you are you washing it away with with some alcohol? What do you got, Johnson? <laughs> yeah, I just got some Michelob Ultras. Um hey, it's actually too. the wife and I's anniversary today. Oh, wow. So it's, so it's been a busy day and, uh, a little, uh, at, at my limits for how much screaming from children I can take. They were <laughs> not ready for bed tonight. So it's, uh, been quite the evening. Yeah. Uh, I've yeah. got have some kids, have kids. They say. I love the hell out of my kids, but like it's, and it never fails. They will go to bed flawlessly every night of the week, except every other Wednesday. It's miraculous (laughs) that they know the schedule. So we're going to have to change it. Just switch it up on them. (laughs) (laughs) Just throw them off. Um, I forgot to mention the last few I guess the last episode, I think we might have skipped it. We have done a game to uh, give away some stuff, but I think we're going to do it different this time. This time around, what we're going to do, you guys don't even have to do anything. What we're going to do is I'm going to start a timer for a random time, unknown to you guys, and whoever is the last person to comment when that timer goes off, within five minutes anyways, 
we'll get something free. So all you have to do is fucking comment, and you might get something free. So I'm going to go ahead and start a timer here, and, and that's what we're going to do. How easy is that, fellas? I like that. I like that. And we also like uh, the reason we're doing this kind of is we like we like engaging with you guys. We like when people comment and 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 get in on the conversation. So absolutely, yes, sir. Um, what are, what are we giving them, Box? I don't. It's going to be the same thing as when we were doing our drinking game. We're well, going to send so you something. Us. You're not going to know what it is. It might be good. It might be bad. <laughs> it might be one of my dirty socks, or it could be a nice <laughs> little patch. You never know. <laughs> could be could be a fucking Glock. There is a possibility. I mean, there's a possibility it could be a Glock. I got a 43X in the in the safe that I got to do something with. You got that uh, BB gun <clears throat> Glock too. Box, I were do. you trying to get rid of a 43? No, I would never try to get rid of one of my guns. I guess I I, you- I did put it up on the forum, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I was say you I- listed it for sale. I swear. <laughs> yeah, I guess I did do that. I don't know why I did that. That's that's odd. You're like, I bought this gun. It's brand new. I've never even <laughs> shot it. Does anybody want it? <laughs> I bought it for holster making, all right? Yeah. You know what, Box? You can buy a Glock 43X frame for that for like a hundred and some bucks and make it a 43X. You know, it's actually worthwhile because a 43 is pretty much worthless anymore so i can spend so i should spend more money on a gun that i never even loaded (laughs) (laughs) all right i mean that's what i do (laughs) just saying i prefer my my smith and wesson i wanted Uh, to bitch about i wanted to bitch about something is there any reason this town needs two cops on duty at the same time no I went no, to Prano were... to get beer earlier. There was one sitting at Cenex and one sitting across the street at the elevator. Yeah, what? they were double teaming an old lady at the at Prano a little bit ago when I went down to the yeah. Jesus, man. <laughs> they are violent. Uh, uh, yeah, I have county plates when I come to town. <laughs> right. Yeah, watch out. If you get pulled over, tell them you're friends with Sam. You might it might help you a little bit, or it might hurt you. I'm not or sure. Or they might just drag you out of the car and beat your ass. You never know. <laughs> they probably don't even know you, Sam. I oh, guess no, you're. I, know, a, I guess you're I a, fire, a firefighter. So, luckily, I know neither of these cops. Uh, yeah, they're they're, <laughs> they're all right. I, the ones I know are are decent, but. Okay, well, I believe we'll jump into the news. So, Ethan's mostly just on here because he, he wanted to hang out and have some fun with us, but he also did have some fun things to talk about. And uh, I, I believe that was the Form 4s, the E-Form 4s, right, Ethan? What can you tell us about what's been going on with those? Yeah. Well, nobody likes waiting for anything, and I certainly don't. So under the ATF's old form process uh, that proceeded up until December of last year, it took 
generally eight to nine months to get a suppressor, uh, which is absolutely no fun. Uh, lots of people uh, on NFA forums on Facebook and elsewhere end up having to wait over a year. So not because the ATF uh, was generous to us, but more their computer system was finally falling apart to the point it needed to be fixed, decided they'd go ahead in December and upgrade to what they call e-forms, something they needed to do for a long time. Uh, Crosser Tuning Sports, we partner with Silencer Shop for our paperwork processing. And initially Silencer Shop was uh, toting this new e-form process as a 90-day suppressor approval, uh, which sounded great, but me, like a lot of other people, were kind of skeptical initially uh, in trusting the government on anything, but especially on a, on a wait time. Uh, thankfully, though, I was proven wrong, and we've been seeing a lot of these form uh, for e-form approvals coming back in 95 to 100 days. I've even seen a couple, not at our store, but just on, on these forms again, coming back in as soon as like 78 days. So that is really cool. So if you're ever thinking about like, ah, maybe I should get a can, there's never been a better time to do it. It's just moving along super smoothly for the most part. Um, there's a few hiccups and kinks that are still getting worked out, but on the whole, it's pretty cool to get a suppressor in three months. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a vast, vast improvement over, you know, even a year ago. Well, pretty, it was, wasn't there a short time ago that they were just, was it, that's what it was. They were just turning everyone down. That was I mean, that was only ones, I believe. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Never mind yeah. then. I'm I'm an idiot. So just just to be clear, the form fours that were taking forever. Um, was that just for suppressors or form fours for SBRs and everything were taking a long time? Uh both for that matter. We tend to handle more suppressors than we do SBRs. A lot of people sure. who go the SBR route tend to form one it where they form buy it in pistol form or without a brace or a stock on it or anything already. And then they form one it because the ATF's website totes that as a 60-day approval time. Mm -hmm. I did one in December. I did two in December for that matter, and then one in January. All three came back in 30 days or less for me. Uh, on the form one process. So even, even with the new e-forms, I mean, you're still cutting the time by a third. I have heard that that wait time has went up closer to 60 days now, just with the influx of the, of the suppressors on the e-form side. Mm -hmm. But uh, I would, I would think that uh, even the e-form SBRs, uh, our shop only has a couple of those currently active right now, but uh, those should be moving along a lot quicker too. Why, why was, um, you may not know the answer to this, but why was form four suppressors is the only thing that wasn't valid through e-forms. I mean, up until this point, I mean, if they were doing SBRs and stuff, why, why didn't they have suppressors on there a long time ago? Do you have any idea? Well, so maybe I misspoke to my understanding, the, the, the SBRs just transitioned to this new, this new e-form platform as well in December. Um, okay. Maybe I didn't make that clear. I apologize. Okay. No, I guess I just assumed that you could, you could e-form, uh, uh, SBR was why that they were speedier, but that's never been the, the case. Well, it's always the, the expediency on the, on the SBRs for like the form one. So the, the form four is it's a new off the, off the shelf item that you're purchasing from a dealer like crossroads. The form one would be, you've bought the item and you're manufacturing it yourself. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. I gotcha. I got so you. there was uh, there was uh, 
the form ones were always a more expedited process, including that for form one suppressors where you would get a kit, uh, and build it yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, however, the form one suppressors are pretty much, I want to say if they're not non-existent already, they're getting cracked down on pretty hard where they're now on the form one suppressors. They're now classifying individual suppressor parts as the suppressor. So baffles and such, which, uh, by train of logic there, you can't acquire those without already doing the paperwork. So it, it's put people, it's kind of backdoored people legally where they can't, there's not really a legal way for people to do a form one can anymore. It's, it's that door is closing and it's getting more difficult. There's a local manufacturer here in Des Moines who uh, I've talked with and he talks extensively with the ATF trying to sort this out, but uh, they've kind of just thrown up roadblocks in every direction from him and his Unfortunately, his company has been trying to keep and keep up with it legally, but they're just not really allowing uh, American capitalism to flourish. Yeah, and that's a subject we talked about extensively on here. It's 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 absurd what they're doing there. But I am in several Form One groups on Facebook, and they are allowing them. But it, now it's to the point where you have to prove that you are machining all the parts yourself you know you have to have you have to have a mill or a you know a lathe or or some shit that you can prove that you're making the parts yourself rather than sourcing them from wherever which is which is absurd but um it makes sense that they upgraded their their form four capabilities and then they they did this because that's just pushing more people into the form four uh, world i think mm -hmm. yep. which i mean i i'm not going to get into that because everybody knows my feelings on that that whole situation but this is conversation and just about the form force and i'll tell you what when did that become legal in iowa for suppressors was it 2016 i believe so um before my time at crossroads uh a number of demonstrations with uh iowa state legislators on both sides of the aisle in addition with iowa firearms coalition american suppressor association took place uh and really kind of paved the way to to get uh bipartisan support to push that through so uh 2016 sounds more or less right i'm pretty sure that was and, and back then i was all stoked about it i was like oh hell yeah i'm gonna give me some suppressors and I could have had like eight by now. Like anything <laughs> yeah. Sam does. Poof. <laughs> Never happened. I yeah. should do that. <laughs> yep. Sam is yep. quite the procrastinator. On certain things. Yes. Yes. That's anything, true. anything personal, anything you... personal. It's like, I'm going to do that 80% lower mine. One of these days, it's been like five years, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, just anything of his own that he wants to work on. He's like, I'll get to it someday. <laughs> you know, that's interesting that you say that Johnson, because I've never really put that together. Um, that yes, that's, it's all my person. That's my personal things. Just get anything shy works gets, that's gotta be done right now, but anything per, yeah, uh, that's, that's interesting. Well, not everything. I mean, we still don't have electricity in the studio. <laughs> so that's hey. not true. We do too. It's just not, it's just not like, okay. Plug we don't have working outlets. <laughs> we don't have working outlets. Yeah. Uh, but um, do yeah. you think, do you think that 
the form fours and doing, I guess, suppressors and SBRs, do you think that there has been like a, I guess, can you, have you seen a major increase, Ethan, in the number of people, uh, filling out and doing form four paperwork as far as suppressors and SBRs and all that, um, since the e-form has become available, has there been a, a fairly large increase in the number, um, that have been applied for? I think there, there's been a, a drastic upswing in the, uh, in the number of cans, um, whether it be cans that we're selling directly in the shop or whether cans that we're having transferred in. Uh, we also put a variety of uh, a dead air rental can fleet in our rental counter so people could try it out. And just people interacting with that more in terms with hearing the 90 day wait. Um, three months is so, so much more appealing it's for, for people who've been around the firearms industry for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and for those that are getting into it just now, it's even more appealing for them. So I would say suppressor sales, at least for us, it went up a ton. And just in terms of other shops I've talked to locally and such sales have been similar for them as well. So I wonder if that equates to more economically priced cans in the, in the next few years, because I mean, like you start making things more readily accessible and people are going to start producing them, you know, the more volume you can produce, the cheaper you can produce them. Right. So uh, does it get to a point where there's certain manufacturers, cause there's already certain manufacturers who are selling cans for like $400, you know, like you can get a, uh, what's that little Yankee Hill machine, like a turbo K for, you know, a few hundred dollars. I think they're in that $400 price range. And I, I think it, with, expediting this form four process. If more and more people are going to get into it, there's going to be that many more cans, um, you know, produced. I think it could be, you know, it's only a good thing to get, get more people into suppressors and get more suppressors out in the market. So I guess, do you guys think that we could see, I mean, I realize now is not a good time to be talking about prices going down on anything, but I mean, do you, do you see, do you see a, a big influx in the market coming? Whereas a ton of manufacturers making things more readily available and at a more economical price. Um, to a certain extent. Yeah. Obviously, like you said, you know, it's going to be hard to tell because inflation is freaking ridiculous right now. But, um, I think this is definitely a, there is a push getting a hell of a lot more people involved. And like Ethan, Ethan was saying three months is a lot easier to, to, to stomach than, yeah. you know, nine months or a year or over a year at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think there's a, a hell of a lot more people getting into it. And if you look back at like, um, when I first got into ARs, like this was back in, well, it's been 10 years now, you know, 11, 12 was when I was first getting into them. And it wasn't near as popular. There wasn't near as many people making them, you know, prices on shit were higher. And in the last 10 years, there's been a massive boom of, of, of people making ARs. 
Um, and whether that's good or bad, as far as quality goes, uh, you know, that's not the, the point is prices have came down because they become so popular and everybody's freaking making them. And there's, there's more of a push towards, um, uh, universal standardized, you know, threads for, for, uh, suppressors and stuff like that, which is, you know, uh, quick mounts and stuff like that too, which is a good thing. So I would say to a certain extent, yeah, absolutely. I would, I think that, um, prices, it's hard to say will come down, but it's just going to be, right. you know, there's, there's more options. And also too, with the ATF cranking, cracking down on all the form ones, a lot of those form one manufacturers or some of them to a certain extent are becoming form four manufacturers too. So, you know, um, yeah. it'll be interesting to see in the next couple of years, uh, where it goes, but Ethan, where do you see the, the market going for suppressors in the next few years? I think, I think to, to second you, Sam, I think the technology increase on them is, is really, it's a really cool time in suppressors right now. Like ARs and like you've said in the last 10 years kind of went through their growth spurt in, in a lot of ways in terms of features and standardization of things. And I think we're starting to see that more and more in the suppressor game as well. A lot of those um, more, uh, I mean, six hours doing some really interesting stuff with their 3d printed cans right now. And then OSS or, now becoming Huxworks with their flow through technology. There's, there's a lot of really interesting things that are being done uh, in the suppressor market right now. Um, I think the standardization of the threads on the back uh, and the mount mm -hmm. is going to be huge um, and definitely, definitely help sell a lot to the, uh, the AR crowd and such like that for the modularity between the cans. Um, starting to see more, user serviceable ones too, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, um, more that, uh, more that, uh, you don't have to, you don't have to send them back to the manufacturer to be clean and stuff. So I think that is a really cool feature. Um, in terms of price though, I mean, just knowing what the rest of, uh, the rest of companies across the industry are doing right now, I'm not incredibly hopeful in that regard, but when I, when I go to sell a customer an NFA item, I, I ask them to, step back and look at it a little bit differently. Right. I'm saying, Hey, everybody's got budgets and obviously we got to respect that. Right. But when, when it comes to an NFA item that you're going to have to go through the hassle of potentially setting up a trust for paying the tax stamp uh, and waiting, even, even if it's just 90 days, right. I say, you know, perhaps it's better to save up an extra paycheck or something and really get that product that you want because you're not, per se hundred percent married to it, but there's a lot more effort in the purchase than just a, just a rifle or a pistol or shotgun right off the shelf. So I often encourage customers to weigh it out a little bit more, really research the features and uh, potentially spend just a little bit more and make sure they get exactly the features and quality they want out of that purchase. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, I mean, it's not exact. The process isn't super complicated, but I mean, it's, there is a lot of money to it and it, it is fairly in depth. So definitely get exactly what you want. And even if you got to save, like you were saying, you know, a month or two longer, it's definitely worth it. What I um, see happening um, here <clears throat> is suppressors are going to blow up millions and millions of people are going to get them. And the, in the ATF is going to be like, yeah, you can't have those anymore. <laughs> it's going to be just like uh, pistol braces or bump stocks. <laughs> um, it, well, 
I wouldn't put it by the ATF to try something like that, but the problem they would run into if they did try that was they are actually Congress has explicitly legalized them, even though they are have severe restrictions, you know, through through the National Firearms Act. I was gonna like say that, the so. fact that the fact that they're on the NFA actually helps protect them. Because you are right. you are going through the actual steps. It's not just an unregulated thing like it used to be, where everybody could just go get one. Now you actually have already gone through the process of asking your permission from the government to own it, right? So you've already done that, and they've already said yes, you are allowed to have it. Pay your extortion fee, tax stamp, excuse me, <laughs> and and then you can and then you can have it, right? So the fact that you've already gone through those steps and, and paid your fee and all that stuff is that kind of actually helps protect that or against the ATF saying that we changed our minds. Uh, They'll find a way. They're the ATF. Well, I don't, I don't (laughs) doubt it. So uh, Sam, you were talking about kind of how like ARs, have the prices of ARs and stuff have come down. Mm-hmm. I was actually laughing today. I got an email from Palmetto state. Um, I, I broke down and put my email into the Palmetto state thing to notify me when a five, five, six AK was available. Cause they've been saying for like two or three years that they're going to release these five, five, six AKs. Oh Yeah. And I'm, I finally was like, okay, notify me when they're available. And so now I'm on their email list and I get all their shit. Right. Oh yeah. Me too. And I saw they had a, one of their ARs, like, a I think a case 10 magazine, like 10 AR mags plus their PSA dagger. So they're gen three Glock clone and Mm -hmm. some eggs for that. And it was like 800 bucks. (laughs) I was like, what the hell is this? (laughs) Like it was legitimately full AR case. I think 10 P mags and then the dagger. And it was like seven 99 99. I was like, boy, you did not see those kind of prices. (laughs) 10 years ago, dude, <laughs> Paul, I mean, it is just absurd. The prices that they have on shit. Like what was the other day? There are, well, that price that you well, like know- a Glock 19 is 500 bucks. Right. Right. So you're getting an AR 10 mags of, you know, it's like, it is unreal. The prices they got on some of this shit. They were offering, uh, the dagger slide, which is a, a Glock 19 gen three slide, uh, mm-hmm. essentially, but they had the whole slide with an RMR cut suppressor height sights and the barrel for 200 bucks. And I'm just like, ah. how the hell do you guys even put this shit out for this price? Especially right now. I mean, inflation's through the roof and Palmetto's just like, and eh, fuck inflation. We'll give you guys shit for dirt. Right. <laughs> Dude, like I'm looking at their shit right now. They got like a uh, 16 inch mid-length gas system, five, five, six, one and seven twist, nitrided barrel, 13 and a half inch M lock with all MOE furniture and M bus sites, 620 bucks. Yeah. Like how the fuck, how do you put that shit together? I mean, I understand being a manufacturer helps, but for Christ's sake, Ethan, do you guys deal with Palmetto state at all down there? 
Uh, we do, but only on the uh, DPMS side. So okay, obviously, <laughs> uh, it, we cannot uh, necessarily directly compete with some of those prices that you've just tossed out for the PSA stuff. Uh, but uh, they purchased DPMS from the uh, Remington uh, collapse, and mm -hmm. DPMS is uh, Palmetto's uh, dealer-only side. So we've got in some of their Anvil AKs as well as a couple of uh, the DPMS AR-10s. Those have moved pretty well. Really? I guess I did not. I was not aware of that. Yep. So yeah, Interesting. We, uh, we stock a variety of the the DPMS products uh, that we get from Palmetto, but uh, not not so much the Palmetto branded stuff, uh, right? Because of their online presence. So sure. What do you think? Of, you said you had some of their AKs down there. I was I was pleased with the fit and finish of the uh, DPMS AKs. I think I believe it was the Anvil series that they mm -hmm. came up here because um, we get a variety of the GF3 Palmetto AKs come in through transfer, and for a for a reasonably priced AK, they seem pretty solid. And uh, in I've heard a variety of things that their reputation, reliability wise, may well be better than the Centuries, or in fact, probably is. Mm -hmm. I have, yeah, I've, I've actually heard really good things about, uh, Palmetto State's AKs. Um, also supposedly, supposedly we'll see if the, uh, the, uh, Palmetto State steel cased AK ammo ever thing ever happens. Actually. That would be good. That would yeah, be good. Cool. I'm gonna, so. I'm gonna have to interject here. I mean. We're a half hour in and we've got we've got through one one news section. <laughs> we can they were starting to talk about prices and that's kinda on the on the list. So we can come back mm -hmm. to that a little bit later. <laughs> um, okay. so we're gonna move on to the next next news topic. And this isn't real big news, and I wouldn't probably bring it up if it wasn't somewhat local to us. But the gun collective <clears throat> Oh, if you pay attention to them on YouTube, he's a a YouTuber, and they always have a big panel at NRAM full of all these different content creators. But I think NRAM doesn't really appreciate them very much, so they're kind of doing their own thing. So what they're going to do is on June 25th, they're going to hold GunCon at Brownells in Grinnell, Iowa, and they're going to have a VIP range day the day before that. So they're just going to have a bunch of content creators like guns and gadgets, Mr. Guns and gear, honest outlaw, uh, Sean Heron from we like shooting is going to be there. And they say a ton of others are also signed up. Who knows? I don't know. There's not a lot of, in he didn't give a whole lot of information on what exactly is happening with this. Uh, it's free apparently. And there's going to be the panel that evening. There's going to be tours of the Brownells facility, food trucks, prizes, and and much, much more, as they say. But I don't know. That could be a, a good opportunity if you're around Iowa to meet a lot of content creators or get a sweet... Sorry, Johnson was just confusing me there with his, with his antics. <laughs> Or get a tour around the Brownells. Sorry, I needed the Brownells to slap facility. a fly, and I needed to mute my mic before I did so. <laughs> what? Uh, when is this box? June twenty fifth. Hmm. 
Ethan, you've been down to the, I'm sure you've been to the Brownells facility, not too far from you guys. Mm -hmm. I actually uh, happened to be heading east a little bit the other day and I think it was Saturday. I popped out there for, they had their clearance sale and uh, Honest Outlaw was there hanging out in the afternoon. Oh, nice. I haven't been in like their, their store, like their retail store, but I was there years ago for, uh, I saw Tig from Benghazi. He was doing a little, uh, speech there and IFC put it on. And so I went down to that and it was in their warehouse. Their freaking warehouse is That's a, that's an impressive setup they got in there. That was, that was pretty sweet. It's almost like they're one of the, one of the largest firearms dealers that there is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crazy. crazy, huh? So June, you said June 24th, 25th, there's a 25th? VIP range day on the 24th, which I don't know what, vip means i don't know if that's just for the creators or the content creators that are signed up or if you have to buy tickets to that or what i'm sure hmm. more information interesting information will come out about that anyways that's i thought that was interesting it should be mentioned since we're since we're iowa folk yeah yep josh asks when is this party again to reiterate june 25th grinnell <laughs> Grinnell, Iowa, at the Brownells facility. Um, okay. Tom, in the comments, says, this is good stuff. Just found the community. It's good to see a new face here, Tom. Uh, hang around a bit. And if you haven't already, we also have a Facebook group where the community is thriving. And we also, also have a website, lifeshortlivefree.com, where there is a pretty inactive forum. <laughs> but there is stuff <laughs> on there. What happened? Where did everybody go? Uh, it's tough to keep. I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go over there and just post in like seven different places. It's tough there to keep go. a brand new forum active when yes. nobody knows about it. <clears throat> well, we should yep. uh, move on. How about we talk about the Masada Slim, Sam? Well, um, yeah, the Masada, the original Masada came out from uh, IWI, which is Israel Weapons Industries. Um, that was, oh, I can't remember when that came out, maybe three, four years ago now. Um, and that, that, I mean, it's a solid gun. Everybody was, I didn't ever see any issues with it. I actually have the original Mustada and it's a uh, similar to a Glock 19 size, you know, nice, nice gun. Um, and recently IWI has also came out with a Masada slim, which is, you know, exactly what you would expect. Just the, uh, the slimmer version of the original Masada. It's got, um, it comes with a couple 13 round magazines, you know, it's the size wise, it's about the same size, you know, as a Glock 48, the shield size, somewhere in that ballpark, uh, barrel length is 3.4 inches. Um, also interesting. It comes with a, it's already cut, um, for a, uh, optic, which is the RM RMS shield optic cut, which is kind of pretty much the standard is for what, um, slim uh, slim firearms iron. have gone to gone towards. Yes. Um, you know, that, that gives you the, the SIG Romeo zero, the Hollison, uh, the Hollison line of stuff, you know, the five Oh seven K the stuff like that. Um, so that also comes with a, with a flat trigger, which they say is a clean and crisp break, but you can't really, you can't really, you know, take that that's coming off the website. We'll have to see how that actually is. 
So overall, I mean, it's just, it, it's nothing too exciting. It's nice to see stuff like this, more stuff like this coming with uh, factory optic cuts. You know, there's other, obviously a lot of other manufacturers are doing that too. So that's kind of neat, but overall, I mean, it's, it's nothing, nothing crazy. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a solid option. I don't see the MSR actually the MSRP is 450. So you're probably going to come in somewhere between, you know, around 400 bucks, I would say, um, ballpark. That's pretty low for an optic ready that is. 13 round pistol. That is, that's what I was just thinking. Um, Ethan, do you guys carry any IWI down there? We move uh, a ton of their rifles to fours, uh, Galil's, even the Uzi Pros. Uh, we do we do have uh, the Masadas and the Jerichos in from time to time as well. Um, but I've always thought IWI is a, a wonderful blend of quality, but price point as well, especially on their handguns. Yeah. I, if I can't remember what I paid for that Masada, the original Masada, but that was pretty good um for yeah, around 500 400 bucks that's i mean that's going to be stiff competition for because if you look at a glock 48 what a glock or glock 43x is going for right now like you know 450 500 bucks somewhere in that ballpark yeah 450 to 550 depending right so and this is i mean the optics ready you know if that's going to be something if someone walks into a gun store and wants to put their hands on something you know 90% of gun owners price is a major, major factor for them. Um, and this is going to be, if it's right alongside with, you know, those other, the, the 43 X and the, the, the Hellcat and, you know, all those, that other competition, the 365 and stuff like that. Um, I would say this is going to be a, a pretty decent, uh, competition for them. So, um, nothing, nothing too exciting, but it's always nice to see, see uh see new offerings um from from other companies so that's pretty much all i got on uh on the uh, masada slim all you got to say about that yes sir yes sir i, I liked that original masada that you had on um, i remember the site picture being really weird mm-hmm Mm-hmm. there's three different site alignments and that's not one that sam or any of us are used to uh-huh um did you have you shot that thing since we like did a review on it hard no don't lie i was gonna say don't <laughs> lie to me <laughs> i certainly have not i'm not gonna lie i would like to take it back out i would like to i would like to maybe like take our carry guns and like shoot a course fire and then shoot a course fire with that and see, I would like to do some handgun comparisons as far as just coming up with a good course fire and running through stuff. And cause I'm always surprised. Like I prefer Glocks no matter what 17, 19, 43 X, whatever. But, and I, will be the first one to say that Springfield pistols, all the Springfield XD pistols, not great. They kind of suck. The triggers have a ton of travel. They're mushy, not Mm -hmm. real good. Right. But I will honestly tell you, I have that XD nine subcompact and I probably shoot that as well as anything else that I own. And it just pisses me off. It's like, I hate this fucking thing. I don't even know why I have it, but I'm probably 
the most accurate with that pistol. And it just irritates the shit out of me. <laughs> it just so it matches would, up with you. Apparently. Yeah. I, I would be interested to shoot a bunch of our different pistols because we probably amongst the three of us, we probably have at what over a dozen, over a dozen different models of pistols. I'm sure. Well, I'd hope so. Um, I have like seven myself. So yeah, I got right. a, I got a decent amount. I've got like five or six. So it'd be interesting to like take all these pistols and just shoot the same course, you know, course fire and see actually what we shoot the best with. Yeah. Um, well, and, and two though, I mean, there's going to be a lot of those, like that XD is not of yours is not optics ready, you know? So how do you, how do you, how do you compare that to, you know, a traditional sites to one that is optics ready? You know, that's going to be kind of difficult. Yeah. I suppose. Honest parade. (sighs) Sorry. Sorry, Johnson. (laughs) Josh uh, mentions, uh, he's bitching about the, the XDMs, a huge pain in the butt to reassemble if you take it apart. I absolutely agree. And that's 99% of the reason I fucking hate XDs. But for most people, you know, the average consumer really doesn't, doesn't care about that too much. So yeah. Cause like yeah. realistically, I, I feel field, you though, Josh, he's a, he's a fellow Cerakoter. So I, like I, field stripping them, it's kind of the same deal. It's like a Smith yeah. and Wesson, you know, for but it's the like average guy, the, the, the fucking engineers, when they're designing the XD line Dude. of pistols, they're like, yeah, all right, that. here's the goal guys. We're going to take all these parts as many as we possibly can. And we're going to jam them all in this tiny little thing. And make it yeah. as confusing as possible. That was that was essentially the, the engineer's chamber goal. indicator. We better make that <laughs> seventeen pieces. Yeah, let's get on that. <laughs> Even the freaking mag release, the mag release on those things is a fucking nightmare. Oh, I gotta yeah. hate them. But I mean, overall, they're like for people that just use them on a casual basis, they're they're fine. But you know, so, for us, Masada Slim. Do you think it's a good option? Do you think it's a 43X competitor? Uh, if it performs, shield why not? competitor? I think so too. Um, that's the thing is I think IWI has such a good reputation. I mean, as far as their rifles and stuff go, and there was obviously... I didn't hear any complaints about the Masada when it came out. So, but it never really did take off either. Right. You know, it wasn't like a super popular, huge hit either. So, but I mean, it's right in there with everybody else comes with two 13 round mags, you know, 3.4 inch barrel. It's kind of the, kind of what everybody's doing lately. So I mean, I've always, I've always kind of been intrigued by IWI just because, I mean, if you look at Israel, that they're in a constant state of war, they're constantly fucking fighting. So a lot of the shit that they come up with, I mean, it's not like, it's not like you're just like Taurus, you know, you're developing shit for shits and giggles, you know, and, and you're, you're testing it on the range. Whereas a lot of the shit IWI comes up with, you know, they're, it, it, that country is constantly war. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And, and frankly, I hate the, their bull pups. I think, I don't know why the hell anybody likes them, but they work for them and they love them, you know, and I guess the close quarter shit, the bullpup is, is, is works and stuff, but 
yeah, I've always kind of been fascinated by by IWI. They're an interesting uh, company and, and country as a whole, actually. Yep. Something has <laughs> happened here, folks. The timer has just gone off. So it looks like Josh. Josh <laughs> is our winner tonight. He was trying pretty hard. Let's, let's <laughs> Well, everyone else just sort of gave up. So yeah. you guys yeah. lost out on that one. We were going to definitely give away a Glock this time. Yep. Josh is getting a Glock 43X. No, just, just go kidding, along Josh. You're not actually good. Hey, <laughs> I'll talk to you in Play the well. morning. <laughs> okay, so moving on. This may this has the potential to be good news. I think if this happens, it would be pretty huge news. Um Alan West is was nominated for the executive vice president of the NRA, which that that's Wayne Lapierre's position. He accepted that nomination. So I thought that was um, pretty awesome. I don't know too much about this Alan West fellow though. Uh, He was a Florida congressman from 2011 to 2013. He was running for the governor of Texas, but he lost in the primaries in March. Other than that, I don't know too much about him though, but I do know LaPierre needs to get the fuck out of there. He's been in there for 30 years and he's just running the thing into the ground. So I don't know how this is going to go. This is not a position that is voted in by the members, which is kind of bullshit. It's, it's voted in by the board, which there's 76 Mm -hmm. of them. Last year, someone was nominated to to take that position as well. There was 44 votes for Lapierre and two for the other guy, and the rest of the guys just didn't bother voting. So I don't know how this is going to go. I mean, there's 30 people not voting that obviously don't care enough to about Lapierre to vote for him. And there's got to be a few on the other side that see the NRA is just going down the toilet that are going to be like, okay, maybe we need to change something here. Um, so what's going to happen here? What do you think is going to happen? Hopefully they dissolve. No, I, I wouldn't say that. Um, Under new leadership. NRA I will say, Box, you said you weren't for real familiar with Alan West, but he is, he's a stand-up guy. Um, I think he would do excellent at this. He, he is an actual freedom lover. You know, he is, he is, he loves freedom. He would be an excellent for this thing. And like you said, um, the NRA is being run into the ground. I don't know why the hell they haven't put two and two together that it's Wayne LaPierre that everybody despises. The guy is a piece of shit um, and he needs to go. He should have been gone years ago. So I think Alan West in there would be, would be excellent. And as box pointed out uh, there, that is not voted on by the members, the members vote on the board members. So the board members are the ones that it would appoint, you know, LaPierre or Alan West. Um, so, and I've said from the, be- I've said from the beginning when, you know, for years that we shouldn't abandon the NRA Oh, they need to be fixed. But if someone, at what point point do you cut your losses though? 
If I will say, I will say if like if another five years of Wayne LaPierre, burn that motherfucker to the ground. I Dude. will say, and, and, and here is here. I will say that if the board members don't vote in Alan West, if they stick with Wayne LaPierre, yeah, fucking burn it to the ground. It's Stop. it's worthless because yeah, I mean. I, I have hope that the board members realize what's going on. I mean, th- that organization has become a shell of fucking nothingness. They're a goddamn joke. They do nothing anymore. Um, our hatred of the NRA is, is well known here. Um, so I will say you ask when, at what point, well, I will say if they refuse to make any turn and they still keep headed down the path that they're headed, fuck them. Um, that's, that's my personal thoughts on it. Um, Ethan, can we get your your personal thoughts on the NRA rather than your representative of crossroad shooting sports thoughts? Like what do you what what is your whole thoughts on that whole deal? Uh they definitely there's definitely a lot of fixing that needs to be done. I think they've groups like uh, Fire and Policy Coalition uh have taken such so much more of a centerpiece in terms of relevancy and activism in, in the way that the second amendment needs that, uh, the NRA needs uh, a major overhaul and they need it quite quickly. Will they do that though? I don't know if I'm holding out hope. I find yeah. it hard to believe that anything's going to happen. I mean, there's a lot of board members that are just lop here as cronies. So yep. I don't know. It's, it's tough to believe that he would get voted out after 30 years, but yeah, and like, anything's possible, I guess. Like Ethan said, with the Fire and Policy Coalition and like GOA, and they're taking such strides in actually doing something. You know, people are starting to see that the NRA was doing nothing for the last 15 years. They're starting to understand. Well, these guys are actually fighting against shit and they're, you know, filing lawsuits and making things go to court where the NRA just says, well, that didn't pass. Look at what we did. He didn't do shit, you know? So I think, I think people are starting to become more aware of these, these new groups and how much they're actually doing. Um, and how little the NRA has been doing, but to your point box, I think under new leadership, I think the NRA could become a force to be reckoned with again. And I think Alan West could be, you know, the person to do that. Um, but like you said, I think it's, it'll be interesting how many board members are just kind of there for the free shit from their buddy Wayne and see, you know, if they, if they are willing to actually try and improve the organization or just want to continue well, Wayne's expensive suit taste. If do we need to get, do we need to get the addresses of all the board members and go protest out their house out at their houses? <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. If, Cause you know, Supreme court. No, if they continue <laughs> down this road though, they, they literally, they can't, they will cease to exist because if go on, like go online, go to Facebook and, and talk about the NRA in any gun group, you will be freaking jumped on and just beat to hell. 
ever gun owners hate the NRA. Like I it, don't know. Only once every group, like you'd probably go to some trap club in New Hampshire and they would all talk about how much they love but, the NRA. Oh yeah. yes. Old, you know, <laughs> you gotta be 50, 60 plus any younger gun owner. I have not spoken to one person in the last year, two years that has one good thing to say about the NRA. So yeah. I will continue to say, you know, let's fix them rather than abandon them. But I think at this point, if they refuse to change their ways, they're going down in a, in a ball of fire and it's, it's not going to be pretty. And you know what, if they, if they don't want to, if they don't want to represent the actual gun owners and that's, that's all right. Let them yep. go down. Well, we will find out soon enough. NRAM is in two weeks. It's on the yes. 27th. So the 27th to the 29th. I don't know what day the actual vote for that would be on, but it's going to be one of those days. Not months so, of suspense. I like it. Just a couple of weeks. <laughs> cool. Of course, we, we probably won't see. ever hear anything about it because Papier will get voted in again. And, <laughs> and it'll just get ignored. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I I didn't have anything nice to say, so I decided I, to not say anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so awkward I'm enough as it is, guys. I'm even more awkward when I say something and just get completely fucking ignored. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we should Fuck, do. Did that I do too. something wrong? What do I? What do I do? <laughs> Johnson, we should have a signal, like just to fuck with box. Like we'll just be like, when he says something, we'll make a signal. We we'll both won't say anything, so he just like uh, 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 gets all antsy and nervous. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> we'll get to watch him have an aneurysm live, <laughs> so I can turn into Sam and just stutter my way through a fucking rant that I have no idea where I'm going with it. Hey, it always works out at the end. I I always come around full circle, and it makes sense in the end, at least to me. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, I suppose we can talk. I don't know how much we're going to have to say about it. Johnson, you wanted to talk about the Strike Industries ambush mount. Yeah, so there was actually Strike Industries came out with this ambush 45 degree optic mount. Um, it was actually one strike industries product that I wasn't like, wow, this is a gaudy red anodized piece of shit. <laughs> you know, it actually made sense to me. So what this mount actually is, so it's, you know, what you would think as a 45 degree offset optic mount, but the plate. So it's, it's attaches to the Picatinny rail has a bar that comes out in a plate that your optic attaches to. And it's just drilled for every single possible optic that you could come up with. I mean, RMR platforms, uh, 8.T1 platform or patterns. It's got pretty much every single optic pattern drilled and tapped into it. So you can use pretty much anything that you can think of, which made so much sense to me. I was like, how have I not seen 80 of these? How does not everybody have one of these available? So it's a, you know, pretty typical pick a tinny piece takes up two pick slots juts out in the bar, the plate that goes on at the 45, you can, 
flip it over, you know, it bolts on, you can flip it over anyway. The only downside that I see to it is that it isn't one piece is that the plate that the optics mount to is actually a bolted on piece. Oh. Um, I mean, if you rock set it, Loctite it, something, I mean, it shouldn't be an issue, but I mean, there's always having multiple pieces and hardware. There's always that possibility, but it just seemed like such a good idea to me to be able to mount everything, you know, it's got every optics mounting that you can come up with. So yeah, it seemed, it seemed like a smart idea. Yeah. Why aren't more people doing that? Like just be able to mount everything to it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it is, it is that simple. Like you look at the actual product and it is literally just a plate with 76 fucking holes in it, you know, in all the different patterns. And yeah, it just, it's, it makes sense to me. I was like, man, why have, why is strike industries, the people that come out with this shit? Well, you know, um, and I did look, they don't offer it in red anodized. So, I mean, <laughs> yet, yet, yes, <laughs> right. It's, it's a matter of time now. Yeah. You know, I've always strike industries. They come out with a lot of shit and yeah, a lot of red anodized shit, but every now and then they hit on something, they hit on something good. So, um, I, I don't. I don't have a use for this myself because I don't own, own any ARs, you know, with an optic that I need it, but yeah, I, I think it's a cool option. Kind of a, uh, what are, what are, what are the other options you buy 45 specific to the optic? Yeah. That you're so going it'd be for? like an RMR or a T1 or what are those ballpark? Do you have any idea what those normally go for? Cause they're asking 75 for this. Do you I'm know what pretty, that's a pretty, that's a pretty standard price. I think everybody's pretty much 50 to a hundred dollars. Um, okay. on their 45 degree offset stuff. Um, there's other people, I mean, like Arasaka makes like 30 degree. There's, there's plenty of people who make 30 and 45 degree um, offset optic mounts, but yeah, it's usually either the Aimpoint T1 pattern or the RMR pattern. I mean, those are kind of just the two footprints that they use. Um, but this, this just has absolutely everything other than Sig Romeo one and Sig Romeo one pro. Those are like the only two things that it's not compatible with. Those two footprints aren't the same. Apparently not. <laughs> I never understood why people do that. I I, I don't get it. Uh, Don Hughes says innovation, innovation. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. He knows what's up. Yeah. No, I I just thought it was a a pretty simple product that made a lot of sense. And it, it, the big, I guess, the biggest reason that it surprised me and caught my eyes so much was that it was something sensible and something that I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. And it was from strike industries. So that's why I had to bring it up. Just something actually decent out of them. So did you see that it was strike industries before you saw what it was, or did you see the product and you're like, this is industry and this is interesting. And then you noticed it was strike industries. No, they made it pretty clear that it was strike industries right at the beginning. 
<laughs> um, and that's why I was like, well, better watch this dumpster fire. And then I was like, wait a minute, this isn't a dumpster fire. This is just maybe not even trash. I don't know what to call this. I tell so, you what strike industries. If, if you're on their website, they have just a metric fuckload of, of Oh, they make 9,000 different things. It is unbelievable how many different products they make. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I mean, they're not all, they're not all ridiculous. They offer, you know, some decent shit. I actually have uh, several of their products, but you know, they're kind of, you know, they offer a lot of, they offer a lot of stuff that appeals to um, the first time AR buyer, you know, yeah. want red anodized parts. And I'll, I'll be honest, I had red, red anodized red... parts and things with spikes on it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, that's kind of their go-to on one of my other go-to designs on one of my, not my first AR, but my second one, I think I actually had some red parts on there for a while. So I, I'm, I'm guilty as charged. Same here. I got a fully camoed out 300 blackout pistol and it's got a red, uh, safety s- selector on it. Red and only because it's all you have though, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> it was like I had bought it on sale for like $23 and I was like going to put this 300 blackout pistol together. And I was like, Oh, Hey, I got a safety in here. Yeah. Let me put that in. Yeah. So I, I hear you. I hear you. <sighs> but uh, yeah, I thought another... it was Jordan it was... says, where is Jordan? Jordan oh, says on YouTube they do the same Swiss cheese drill pattern on their Glock slides. He has one on his. They just include multiple screw links for different optics. Uh, Jordan, do you like it? Do you like do you like their uh, their Glock slide? I'm intrigued to know. It's a it's have you see, have you guys seen their Glock slide? It, I it kind of honestly looked... did not know they had Glock slides. Uh-huh. I don't yeah, really pay either. a lot of attention to strike industries. <laughs> yeah, they it's a it's a kind of a cool looking slide uh to be uh real honest with you. Man, they well, got barrels. Kind of what they go for. Looks first with strike industries. Yeah. I would agree. They definitely are more of a aesthetics yeah they're definitely into the aesthetics absolutely they're just filling they're filling that there is a lot of gun owners that go explicitly for that and they're just filling that void so i can't really you know capitalism man so are you kind of sell them it's not a bad idea i guess are you kind of upset ethan that they don't offer a lot of stuff for hks <laughs> I, I think I'd get kicked right out of most of those Facebook groups. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> hey guys, I took my 416 and put the Strike Industries oppressor muzzle device on it. And <laughs> get out. You're booted. Uh they actually they have four pages of stuff for HK. So they do offer HK products, but no not, shot. Not a ton. I bet they don't not sell many. They have a. Uh, MP7 MP7 backup site top rail. Like, is there that many MP7s in the US that you would need to offer something like that? Not that most of us uh, can own. Right. Yeah. I I don't believe that anybody who owns an MP7 has ever bought a Strike Industries product 
There's no number fucking one way. or number two even knows what the fuck strike industries <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. Most of the HK guys are a little bit, you know, they're, they're smoking cigars and drinking expensive whiskey. You know, they don't. Yeah. They're not <laughs> and strike industries scouring. is in the corner drinking MD 2020. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Posting memes on Instagram. Yeah. You know, they're. Uh, yep. Yep. Quite the deal. <laughs> okay, we should move Chambers. on. We should. Let's let's talk about inflation and gun owners, Sam. <sighs> yeah, this I need this, a beer for this. This topic has just been I don't I don't understand. And this is mo- mainly one that I've seen with our reloaders. I'm on a, several reloading groups on Facebook. And it never fails. As soon as someone posts the fact that they found uh, primers, primers are extremely hard to find, or or powder, anywhere, and they'll say, "Hey, you know, this is what I got it for. This is, you know, that this is how much I paid." Somebody inevitably always comes on. That's fucking ridiculous. You paid way too much, even if it's like. I mean, in line with prices nowadays, and then like 47 other people comment and say, well, I'm, I'm not ever going to pay that. If you guys would just stop paying it, it wouldn't be that expensive. I'm not paying what it, you know, I'm not paying those prices until it comes back down to what it was in, was in 2000. What is it with the gun owners and ex- specifically reloaders? But do you guys see this in a lot of gun owners? that they they don't understand the the laws of supply and demand and more specifically right now inflation like the cost of raw materials <laughs> it's it it boggles my mind that they think that the primers should still cost $30 per 1000 when it's been 2 years now you haven't been able to find that shit like there people are paying 40, 50, 60 bucks, and that's a pretty good deal right now. And then you get people freaking out that don't understand if that that's just what they cost. And I don't do really you go, do you do they also go to the gas station and say, I'm not paying that. I'm gonna sit right here and wait. I'm gonna sit right here and wait until that till that thing says a dollar eighty-nine again. Right. The fucking no, that's not how that shit works. If you and, want it, you pay what the price is now or go without. <laughs> and I, like I said, I see this mainly in reloading and I don't know if it's just because of reloaders or like, you know, a lot Gold. of them got it. A lot of them that, and a lot of them got into it to save money. Um, but even, even now that I think about it, you see it a lot in, in ammo too, you know, you know, the price of ammo has gone from, well, let's say in a good day, you could buy nine millimeter for 18 cents. You're getting a good freaking deal nowadays. If you're paying the 30 to 30. 40 cents, you know, yeah. that's just is what it is. And it, the, the fact of the matter is it ain't going back down and you still see those people bitching and complaining. Well, that's fine. You're not going to be shooting then. Not until everything else goes back down. It could go back down. No, no, no way now. It could go back down if gas is a dollar eighty. If your dollar is worth a dollar again, or if your dollar is worth what it was in twenty sixteen, it'll go back down. But you realize that's never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so that it won't go back down. <laughs> I'm saying it could. 
in theory. Yeah. I think uh, on the retail side, one misconception that a lot of customers have is what the, what the margins look like on the back end across the firearm industry. Yep. Oh, yeah. um, I don't think, I don't think people on the whole understand that uh, there's not much margin in most of these products as it is anyway. So mm-hmm. um, very, very rarely is a pop is an item uh, or a product popular enough to even merit charging full MSRP for. Um, and it's, it's something that our industry perhaps shoots itself in the foot on a little bit uh, to, to create prosperous retailers and such. But I, I don't think people understand the back end of that very well at all. I mean, I took a phone call at the height of COVID, the only nine mil we could get in the store, we were paying $39 a box for uh, at that time. And so we, we marked it up $1. 40 bucks, which basically just covered the shipping cost on getting the pallet there. Right. So right. this was just basically lubrication of commerce, right? You have to have it to run our range. Right. Uh, and we took a couple phone calls where people said it was outrageous that we were price gouging to this extent. I'm like, dude, I'm not paying $10 a box for this anymore. Like that, that day is gone forever. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's something we try to tactfully educate people on when it gets brought up, but I don't think most people are willing to listen, unfortunately. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I, when you engage with a lot of these people, they're just totally clueless. First of all, how capitalism works, you know, and how uh, distributors and resellers and retailers and how all that. How dare stuff you works. try and make money, you son of a bitch? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, Greed. it's absurd. And and yeah. like you said, like you said, Ethan, you you bought it for thirty nine, and you were you were selling it for forty. Like that's absurd. Normally, you're gonna at the very minimum, you're gonna be marking it up twenty twenty five percent. You know, making a little bit of money on it. You know, um, and I don't think a lot of people realize they're the fact that people are buying it for way more than they used to be selling it for is that's just a reality. You know, and and am i wrong or is is this more of a nationwide thing you know with every every everybody or is i just see this so much more in the gun world than anybody anywhere else really well how many other things do you really follow that's why i'm asking you guys like is there do you guys see examples of this more so everywhere or is it just I just notice this because I follow the gun world. I can't say I, I see examples, but I would imagine it's pretty much universal. I think people are just yeah, I mean, slow to slow to catch up and to catch on. I mean, old folks say in like 2004, you'd hear them say, "I remember when I could get gas for five cents a gallon." I mean, well, that's that's just not how things. That's not the way of the world anymore, dude. People are just slow to catch on. They don't want to believe that that's just how things are anymore. Well, that's like I was telling you with the price of milk at Fairway. $4.80 for a gallon of milk, and I go to Sam's Club, and it's $2.80. You know, I just... It's like... What the hell? Why why is milk four dollars a gallon? You know? It was and a lot of that it, Johnson to your point, <clears throat> Sam's Club buys it in such massive quantities. Yeah, it's um, literally it's, on 
pallets in right. their one refrigerated room. It's all in just literally pallets of milk. And you go in there and grab a jug off of the pallet. Right. So they literally sell it to them from less than uh-huh. most retailers can even can buy it for. Yeah. And that's the same with small town gun shops. You know, they come into a small town gun shop and they see a thing of primers or a nine millimeter for, you know, 40 bucks or 60 or 80, whatever buck, you know, whatever they got to charge for it. Well, that's, and then, yeah. And then they get pissed because they can buy it at the big box store down the road for cheaper. And it's that's like, well, what I, that's what I'm saying. It's like fairway is a, an I, you know, local Iowa company and it's $4 and 50 cents for a gallon of milk. But then you go to somewhere like Sam's club mm-hmm. and it's, you know, two and a half bucks a gallon. Well, yeah, right. you look at the, I mean, it's obviously the pricing that you, that anybody's going to be able to get on any kind of good is obviously going to be based on volume, right? Like, Hey, I sell $20,000 of this product a year. And then the other guy says, I sell $1.4 million of this product every year. Well, the guy who sells $1.4 million of it is obviously going to get a better price on it generally than the guy who sells 20 gram worth every year, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, people need to understand also that like right now with, you know, we have all these, uh, supply chain issues, which I could go on an entire fucking rant about, but we have all these supply chain issues. So you're going to pay whatever they say it it's costs if they have it in stock or you're going to go without, because I mean, Mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is everything is taking longer to get, you're getting it in smaller quantities and the prices double, you know, what it used to be. So it's, either pay what they say or go without, I guess. I yeah, mean, and, and that was, that was kind of one of my thoughts too, is like you, I mean, ammo has been in short supply for a long time. You can get it if you want to pay the right price. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you, do you pay the, the, the inflated prices just so you have it? Because you never know, there's no guarantee that something is not going to happen, you know, tomorrow or a month from now. Well, and, that's, and, and that shit is no longer available and we're on freaking world war three, you know, something like that's, that. So that's right where I'm at with my gas barrel out here too. I got a 250 yeah. gallon gas barrel out here that it's like, man, I just top that bitch off, even though, gas is four bucks a gallon, but is it going to go down? <laughs> Shit. I don't know. I don't see it going down for the next year. Probably. My vote so, is yes. Fill that bitch up. Cause then we know it's going to go just bottom out at like a dollar <laughs> a gallon. So go ahead and do it for us. <laughs> Take one for the team. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. It's tough. Nathaniel says people are stupid. I would agree. Yes. The craze 100%. to buy ammo. Amen, the, craze to buy, <laughs> the craze to buy ammo is similar to the toilet paper. You tell people something is going to stop becoming available and everybody loses their mind. I would, I would agree, but also disagree in this instance. 
Um, because the Russian ammo ban thing lasted for like a month. Everybody freaked out for like a month and was like, Oh my God, my seven, six, two, it's going to be so expensive. Wait, how about right. 6,000 rounds and everyone that I know bought 10,000 rounds and the price has gone up four cents around. Well, huh. <laughs> the, it's uh, still available everywhere. My, as to Nathaniel's point, um, I don't think it's the same anymore because nine millimeter is widely available. You can buy pretty much every ammo is, uh, Ethan, you guys got everything down there. Nine mil five, five, six. You got a pretty much good selection right now. Certainly try to. Yeah, absolutely. So most stores that you go into, it's widely available. It's not like it was a year ago when you didn't ever see nine millimeter on the shelf. You mm-hmm. can buy everything. If you want to go online, you can buy every fucking single caliber that you want. Um, so and you see people bitching, well, I can't get this stuff. Yeah, you can. You're just going to have to pay what you don't want to pay because that's the way of the world now. So Unfortunately. I, don't I don't think it's the same. I don't think it's the same thing. Um, the, the the toilet paper crisis crisis was pretty short lived. This has been going on for fucking two and a half years. Yeah, fucking whole toilet paper business just <laughs> blew my fucking mind. Uh, good stuff. I would, I would say it's I'm the sad. end of days. I need to make sure I can wipe my ass. <laughs> like that was the fucking most mind blowing part of it all. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, Ethan. No, no, it's not good. I would say on the whole, though, I mean, we're pretty blessed to have a pretty solid customer base. I mean, a lot of customers that we have are are willing to hear us out on our, you know, we we certainly shop around and try to find the the, uh, the most reasonably priced brand to bring it in and sell to them at a reasonable price point. Mm-hmm. I, I, I totally get it right now. I mean, everything's going up in price and everybody got has, has budgets they have to make. So I, I totally get, you know, trying to source the most reasonable price on ammo or firearms. And we try to meet that demand as best we can. I think a lot of other retailers do. I just, sometimes it's nice for, uh, for the, uh, folks on the other side of the counter to remember that, uh, we got to eat too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would totally agree with that. And I think that's something that people forget. They don't like us. They don't understand that, you know, that's how you guys make your money is buying shit and marking it up and you got to get some money out of it too. And, you know, that's obvious to those of us in the industry, but I don't think, you know, most people really understand how that truly works. Well, especially with like, uh, online competition too. I think Mm -hmm. it's, it's common that I see, uh, folks show me a, uh, show me a, a listing for a firearm and say, Hey, will you price match this? And I was like, well, I already have because the time you put transfer fee and shipping on that, we're, we're even again. So, yep. Uh, it's just hundred percent. The sticker price looks better, but, uh, they're going to get you the checkout with everything else. Yep. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree. Yeah. One, one thing about this, I came across something else that was related to inflation. Uh, Gray Man Tactical, they are cutting their prices in order to fight inflation, which they're a company I'm not real familiar with. They sell things like molly plates for the back of your vehicles and stuff like that, and I think accessories for bags, mm-hmm. mostly molly plates and, and tactical gear, you know, which 
not exactly in line with being the gray man, so I'm a little confused about that. (laughs) But I thought that was a interesting move to cut your prices in a time like this. Yeah, I'm curious how they how they did that. Um, I'm familiar with charged way too much in the first place. Oh, yep. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much oh, it. right. about the, that's pretty much the only scenario I can think of where inflation is at an all time record high and you go, we're cutting our prices and staying in business. That um, just means you were making a fucking killing in the first place. Well, a lot of their shit is, is sold out here. I'm, I'm familiar with gray man tactical. Actually, they're kind of the, um, the big name in those seat back organize organizers. Yeah. Rigid Molly plates. Right. <clears throat> um, so I've been familiar with them for a while, but I always thought that they were kind of, you know, a little bit higher priced than I wanted to pay, mm-hmm. but I do see hundred bucks for a seat back organizer sold out pretty much everything. Uh, as far as I'm pretty sure those, I'm pretty sure those seat back deals were like 280 bucks before uh, for like a plain ass. No like way they dropped back. them down that much. I oh, think I you're know. mistaken. They weren't cheap. They weren't cheap. Um, but yeah, who knows how the hell they they're doing that if it is it did they just say it was going to be a sale or this is just this is just going to be their new pricing now that's it's just their new pricing yeah so yeah they've got they've got an article on uh fire and blog about it and it says that in the face of our current global situation and despite record demand for our products, I've decided to cut our prices simply because I believe someone has to make a stand against seemingly unstoppable tide of inflation. I have faith that God will provide as he always has. And I want to assure our existing customers and future customers that we are committed to making gray man tactical preparedness gear more affordable in a world where we increasingly need to be prepared. Price drop is site-wide on all RMP series vehicle back vehicle backpack case and safe. Will not raise prices, but stands with hardworking men and women of this country by providing attainable gear that enables performance of the highest standard, no matter the mission. That's the quote from the company on this article. So I mean, I don't want to talk bad about them, but I'm. I'm pretty sure they know exactly what they're doing, and that's just really good marketing. Because in a time like this, if you're like, I'm marking down my prices, people are going to be like, oh, hell yeah, I support that company. But right. that company I'm going to go buy this shit that I would have never bought. Otherwise. They were making fucking bank off that already. Yeah. I don't I don't see an issue with that, though. If people are willing to play the prices, because this is not gear that like people need. If they're no, if, not. if they want to pay those price, I don't. I I frankly see absolutely zero issues with what they're doing. To be honest with you, I'm not disagreeing. I just it yeah. They were obviously making a shitload of money on it before, right? They were able to cut their prices without losing their ass, and it seems like a good marketing strategy to say 
Hey, everybody, inflation's insane. Everything's prices are going up. You know what? We're cutting our prices. We're going to stand up to the man. And then everybody goes, I had no idea that I needed that. And I don't need that, but I'm going to buy it now because they're taking a stand against the man. See, I don't, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm torn on it because I like what they're doing, but it's like kind of dishonest. I feel like, which I, I, like I said, I don't want to talk bad about them, but they know what they're doing. How is it dishonest? Because they say they're doing it to fight inflation, which that's not how fucking inflation works. There's not going to be one retail company that's like, I'm doing the opposite of inflation and then just fixes everything. That's not how it's going to work. They know they know exactly what they're doing, where they're going to make a fuckload of sales off of lowering their prices and probably make more money than they would have had they not done that. That's business and marketing 101, though. I don't see anything dishonest about that. I mean, uh, I mean, any company uh, to say you're doing it for that, one it's reason. Bit, and, it's a little dishonest to say you're doing it for this righteous reason. And realistically, the reason you're doing it is to, make to money. increase your sales. No, yeah. not at all. Welcome to every freaking company on the face of the planet that says they want to help you. Like this is just marketing 101. Hey, uh, we want to we want to help you. Uh, that doesn't make it know your lawn just because that's what every company does doesn't make it not dishonest there is absolutely nothing no maybe they legit want to help people get their gear that's not there's nothing dishonest which is possible but that's that's just i just don't uh, like that kind of marketing that's it's not for me i like i said i don't want to talk bad about them i have nothing against this company that's just not my kind of my style of marketing. Personally, I, rather, I would I'm, like to. I'm more I of a transparent cool shit guy. to have one of these like seat back fucking things. I think it'd be cool, but do I need one? No. There is Am I a, willing to spend four hundred dollars on this pre made kit for all the shit that I want on it? No. <laughs> there is a RMP breaching kit, uh, whatever that is. It looks like it's essentially a bolt cutters, uh, a sledgehammer and a pry bar onto one of their little gear on one of their little um molly organizer things guess how much they're charging for this 800 bucks (laughs) $1,436 holy fuck (laughs) so they're yeah they're doing okay the who they're marketing to and, and this is a system that goes on to uh cry precision uh plate carriers so they're they're not marketing to you know the average joe so much i don't think the fours yeah definitely it's more the hk owners (laughs) (laughs) easton's whole truck is is outfitted with all this good shit isn't it (laughs) but uh yeah i i I mean i can understand why you you maybe that's not your style but i i don't see anything wrong with it yeah, well, you're a sociopath. <laughs> I mean, no. kind of. Uh, no, no. <laughs> not that, like, not that any of this really fucking matters. I will just say there's a breath of fresh air to see some company yes. being like, nah, fuck it. 
Let's lower our prices. Everybody's raising their prices. Everything costs more. Fuck it. Let's lower our prices. It is yeah. kind of nice. And the message that they, you know, in that quote, um, basically like they said, I've, I want to assure our existing customers and future customers that are committed to making uh, gray man tactical preparedness gear, more affordable in a world where we increasingly need to be prepared. So it's like, he's like, we make preparedness gear. You need to be more prepared than ever. So we're making it more affordable. I mean, I guess as far as marketing goes, that's a pretty good message to be able to market your products. <clears throat> Definitely. I'd be in I'd be interested to see their, uh, their supply chain and, you know, where they source most of their materials from. Cause it's very ballsy in a move, is, in a, very ballsy move shit, in a time like right now. Is this shit plastic? Do you guys know, like, are the, are the rigid actual panels, are they like a plastic or a polymer? They steel? No, they're a polymer. Are they? Um, well, Sam just 3d print those. Damn right. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see if this says, it just says universal Molly weather resistant. I'd assume um, it doesn't specifically say, but I'm, I'm almost positive that they're polymer of some sort. I'm trying to like zooming in on some of these pictures. And it really does look like a, some kind of polymer anyway. Yeah, but, it is. But anyway, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting strategy. It is a very interesting strategy. Yeah. I've taken on, on, uh, inflation. Yep. I, what were we saying box? Nothing. Not important. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. Cut me off twice. I just fucking give up. <laughs> well do we have yep. anything else do we want to talk about I um, that's I all that's on it's my list clock and I'm hungry so eat your supper at a normal fucking time god damn it that bothers me and I don't know why it's I'm not so normally hungry. supper it's at 10 o'clock Sam yeah well, I, I literally yeah, worked until the moment I had to go to the fire meeting at seven. And then I was literally at the fire meeting until I came in here and sat down and did the podcast. I have had no time to eat supper. What about every single other night that we do? Gears and beers? <laughs> I mean, generally it's about the same. I'll back you up on this one, Sam. Like anytime during the summer, I don't eat until 9 30 10 o'clock the grill doesn't even usually get lit like especially if it's a friday night or the weekend the grill's not getting lit till at least 10 o'clock oh yeah, yeah. so no wonder you guys are fat here, so. <laughs> oh so uh, i'm the odd man out here ethan, <laughs> ethan this dylan fella pops in he says i'm drunk who's a nerd with the glasses <laughs> <laughs> I don't see his <laughs> comment. Dylan. Uh, it's on, it's on the Facebook. So I don't know why it didn't come up in the main. Dylan always coming in with a banger. Facebook is just censoring him. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Probably from some of the shit that he posts, it would not surprise me. He's a true freedom need, lover. Hell yeah, brother. A, I need to get a solid picture of this fresh mustache that he's got going on here. <laughs> 
Look he's, at that magnificent curled up son of a bitch. Japers. Yeah, he's definitely rocking it. <laughs> okay, well, I suppose that's the show for tonight, folks. <clears throat> Thanks for stopping by, and thank you, Ethan, for coming and hanging out. Uh, be sure to listen to our entire catalog of podcasts on most major podcast providers and also on our website, lifeshortlivefree.com. If you enjoy what we do and want to help support the show, check out our subscribe star page for exclusive content and other benefits. If you want to get more involved with the community, join our forum on our website. If you aren't aware, Gears and Beers is streamed live every other Wednesday night at 8.30 Central Time on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and also on our website. We would love for you to come get in on the conversation. Be sure to check out our sponsors, Shyworks at Shyworks.com and Facebook and Twitter. And Ballistic Imagery at BallisticImagery.com and Facebook. And be sure to check out Crossroads Shooting Sports. You can find them on on Facebook. Where else can they find you, Ethan? Facebook and our website, CrossroadsShooting.com. Absolutely. And that is the show, folks. Once again, thank you all for stopping by and having a good time. Sam, take us away. Yeah, thanks everybody for hanging out, uh, especially Ethan. You stuck around the entire over an hour and a half show, and he's still hanging on. He's a real freaking trooper. So thanks for coming on again, man. We love to have you. Um, everybody else, we'll be back in two weeks. Until then, remember, life short, live free. God bless. God bless the United States of America. Defund the ATF. And repeal the NFA. Grow food. Become ungovernable. Double the government. government. <laughs>